Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Simawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so that they can be more effective in their jobs. Today, I'm excited to have Avner from WalkMe join us. Avner, I would love for you to introduce yourself, your role, and your organization to our audience. Hi, thanks, uh, Shauna, for the introduction. Uh, first, I'd like to start by thanking you all for putting this together and uh, for having me here. I think it's a great honor and opportunity to be able to help and contribute to the entire enablement uh, community, especially coming from a non-traditional approach, which I'll happily share more details about. Um, so a little bit about you know myself. I'm actually an electrical engineer, and I uh, feel it's important to share that. And you know that brings me to the next point. Unlike you know the traditional journey, I did not start my career in the uh, sales space. As a matter of fact, I had nothing to do with sales, uh, but for a very specific reason, I decided to shift my career to, um, to the training space, which later turned into coaching and sales enablement. Um, my, my journey you know, includes um, a few milestones, a few important milestones, but altogether, I was able to establish sales enablement functions from the ground up from you know, absolutely nothing uh, for uh, hyper growth companies such as uh, Incapsula, uh, which later turned or, or you know, was acquired back by Imperva, and Sysense, and over the last two years, you know, WalkMe. And um, I always had the privilege to start something from scratch, define and build the foundations rather than resume or replace someone else's work. Um, and over the last 10 years or so, I've been uh, developing my own approach um, to sales enablement. Probably that explains why you know, I've been called the non-traditional enablement guy. Um, and as for the, uh, you know, the current role here at WalkMe, um, I actually joined WalkMe two years ago. I was brought in to help uh, building and scaling a new sales organization from scratch based on my previous experience with some of the uh, you know, executives here at WalkMe. At that time, when I joined, uh, WalkMe already had a few offices and a very successful and solid footprint in the US. Uh, but the idea was to expand our footprint and establish a new sales organization that focuses on the international regions with a different sales motion, geared towards um, a quick landing, followed by later an expansion. The bottom line is, I see enablement as a key factor, which expands beyond the, uh, you know, the traditional training responsibility and onboarding areas. One area in particular, which I'm very fond of, is revenue intelligence, and you know, by definition, or in most cases, that falls under BI. Um, but in my opinion, I think that today, sales enablement more than ever needs to set foot in that area and become more dominant or at least try to contribute from their experience. Uh, I love that. I love that. So Abner, tell us a little bit about, about what your approach is to sales enablement then, since it's non-traditional. I'd love to hear more. Actually, it's a combination of a few approaches. Um, first, you know, I'm a hands-on person with a very strong blend of technical and sales skills, you know, given my experience, my technical background, this allows me to wear different hats. And that's basically the, the secret sauce of my success. Be able to change hats according to whoever you talk to. Um, either, you know, work very closely with product managers, dive into bits and bytes of the product, get a better understanding of, you know, what's our offering. And then when you go back to sales, you just, you know, change hats, uh, play a different disc, play a different language. You know, sometimes you have to talk high level. Sometimes you have to dive into details, but it's not about features, it's about values, etc. But I think what, what makes, you know, a very successful enablement in, you know, today's um, environment, uh, challenging environment, is the ability to talk technical to non-tech people. So the first approach would be like, you know, really get your hands dirty, 
um, be able to talk different languages with different people because they, they are your partners to success. You can't work in an isolated environment within the cells, you know, under the cells umbrella. You really have to expand your responsibilities and broaden your understanding uh, in order to become more agile. So again, hands-on approach, really, really important. Um, that actually means that I'm able to onboard and coach in three different directions at the same time. I can talk marketing, I can talk product, and I can talk sales. On top of that, I'm a data-driven person. So revenue intelligence comes naturally to me. As an example, instead of measuring success by looking at common sales KPIs like you know revenue, sales cycle, time to close first deal, etc., I always strive to portray a bigger picture by blending in data from other aspects of the business and from non-traditional areas like you know, social media, looking at you know reps previous experience, did it contribute to their success or not? Um, you know, and most importantly. My, uh, in my opinion, time management, how reps manage their time, especially around those early stages calls, prospecting, discovery, moving to a product demo, etc. The first early touch with a prospect are the most important. And um, recently, I you know, started a project looking into these calls and trying to find what is the secret sauce um, across the entire organization, trying to see if there are any patterns or differences in the way reps are managing their time um with the prospect you know prior to the meeting during the meeting and afterwards especially like end-offs between you know one business unit and another um i consider that as a sophisticated way of measuring how reps are adapting to whatever sales methodology you go with and this is like extremely important today um, because of the corona crisis businesses especially the sales organization are trying to find ways to become more optimized and efficient and um, usually, you know, if you go by, as I explained before, measuring the common KPIs, you know, someone might get hurt. There are so many parameters you need to consider, not just, you know, revenue, et cetera. And, uh, you know, in some point, some businesses may decide to adopt to a new sales methodology just, you know, to improve their chances of adapting to that specific crisis, whatever. Like, um, that investment will not actually... Um, make any sense if you know you're not measuring the adoption the engagement so there is no point bringing in an external trainer or spending you know dollars on a few days of a workshop either via zoom or face-to-face -face, whatever if you're not able to measure engagement and adoption i love that i think that's super valuable avner now given your experience building the sales enablement function from the ground up could you share a little bit about what that process looked like at WalkMe? Yeah, of course. Um, well, the, f the very first steps felt like driving in the fast lane without being able to pose and rethink my plans. Just absolutely crazy, uh, crazy deadlines, um, etc. I had to simulate what assuming the role of an AE feels like in order to get a better understanding of what does it take to pitch and sell work week. Um, you know, maybe I should pause here and just you know, brief everyone what it's, what it's like selling WalkMe. So it's not like selling a specific product to a specific market. As a matter of fact, selling WalkMe feels like, you know, one-to-many relationship. The total addressable market is just unlimited. I mean, anyone can become a WalkMe customer. It's just we can touch every vertical. We can address any need, etc. So um, from a selling point of view, it's, it's very challenging. At the same time, it's a great opportunity to make money. Um, so I had, you know, at the same time I was trying to realize what it, what it feels like, you know, to sell to um, unlimited number of verticals. At the same time, I had to fill in many gaps around product marketing because we actually lacked those collateral and tools that allowed reps to address those markets. So 
what I did is I, you know, very fast, I tried to catch up and create or bridge those gaps by creating, um, you know, specific playbooks, um, you know, going with an on-demand uh, approach, like asking reps what exactly do they need in order to address new verticals or existing verticals, um, fine-tuning, polishing, whatever playbooks we had. Um, so basically assuming the role of product marketing unofficially. Um, I also, you know, invested some time creating new verticals to allow reps to, to expand their footprint. Um, to do that, to accomplish all of that, I worked very closely with, you know, HR as well. Um, you know, making sure that we are hiring the right people, um, interviewing candidates and designing exercise to make sure that whoever joins us is agile enough to um, step into uh, a very complex environment. Um, because most of the reps that we hired, you know, or most of the reps that I'm familiar with do not have that agile experience, being able to sell to multiple verticals at the same time. So we really wanted to make sure that we're hiring agile people, you know, that, that can adopt very fast and very efficiently. Um, I then engineered, and this is something that I'm very proud of, I engineered a new onboarding plan um, to allow those new hires to step into their new role fast and efficiently. In a nutshell, basically, um, you put everyone in one room for a duration of four to five days. And then, you know, what I try to do is avoid presenting slides, etc. But instead, you know, I prefer um, exercising as much as possible using you know simulations discovery sessions objection handling really hands-on sessions um in some point it felt like you know getting on boarded in a tuba mode but it worked well and you know basically the results uh, you know speak for themselves everyone that i have onboarded was able to break a record either you know reducing the sales cycle from you know x days for example 100 days to 20 days or time to close the first deal um, you know, like two weeks after, you know, completing the boot camp, people just, you know, brought in their new deal. And, um, and that was across the board through the, you know, entire sales organization. You know, it's important also to partner with all the other relevant business units, uh, support, product, and of course, uh, deal desk. Every business unit allowed me to see a specific angle of the business, how things work. And it allowed me also to design specific learning paths or enablement paths around the uh, three critical pillars, market enablement, product enablement, and of course, sales enablement. What's important also to emphasize the fact that, you know, I, um, I gained through the first three months uh, and walked me quite a mileage listening to calls. This is what I would advise to anyone who's about to embark on a new journey, establishing, you know, sales enablement, etc. Get an understanding of what works, what doesn't work. You can interview reps, you can interview leaders, you can go with the call shadowing approach, but I think what works best from time perspective is listening to as many recorded calls as possible. That gives you an idea very fast of you know where you shine, where you know what are the areas that may need some improvement, and with a little help of you know your you know leaders, um, you're ready to go, and that's exactly what happened. Well, that sounds like a lot of work, Abner. So congratulations on all that you built at WalkMe. That's amazing. Now. You know, I want to I want to pivot a little bit, um, and and you know, you've been talking about how you, how you built things from the ground up. But for our audience, for our listeners, um, those are that are just getting started with their sales enablement teams, you know, where should they start, um, and, and what are some of the core components that should be included in a sales enablement function if you're able to build it from the ground up as you are? Um, I would say that the first advice would be people get to know your you know your sales audience, your reps. Uh, account executives, SDRs, BDR, actually everyone under the sales umbrella, everyone that takes part in the sales cycle, and sometimes even, you know, beyond that, 
what happens when opportunity converts into an account. I think it's important to get to know everyone because whatever happens during the sales cycle affects the, uh, the onboarding, customer onboarding, and then of course renewal or churn. Um, and that's basically what I'm trying to uh, accomplish um, through the uh, project I'm working on, Project Moneyball. Again, my first advice would be people, invest in people, invest in the people you're working with, spend as much time as possible, um, get to know them, find common ground. This sounds very you know, similar to you know, um, relationship with prospects. Basically, it's all the same. Um, either, you know, either join their calls um, as a fly on the wall, or in some point, you know, ideally, you would be able to you know, take part in the discovery session, you know, coming in as a trusted advisor. It takes time, but altogether, you know, if you invest in people and you gain their trust, this will, you know, be a win-win situation. The second advice I, you know, I'd like to share is data, and this is like a gray area or an area where most enablers, you know, just take it for granted. Um, you know, they can rely on the BI team, IS, or anyone who has access to Tableau, Clary, Salesforce, whatever. Uh, they just take it for granted. They just, you know, ask for the common flat data. They're looking at, you know, um, revenue, sales cycle, figures and figures and figures coming from the CRM. And in order to stand out, in order to really shine, in order to make an impact, contribute more than, you know, the usual, the average enablement guy, I recommend, you know, digging as deep as possible. Find out what works best for those that overachieve. Find out why some reps are not able to catch up. They're lagging behind, whatever the reason is. You need to find out why. Uh, what works for top performers, apply that to weak performers. See if there is any chance of improving you know, their positioning, helping them to climb up the ladder. Uh, and not only finding out why, but when and where. And this is something that in most cases, Salesforce or relying on you know, flat common data from Salesforce from the CRM doesn't necessarily help, doesn't really help us. Uh, in order to really you know, get like a 3D perspective of what works, what doesn't work, you'll need to blend in data from many resources, many sources of information, not just Salesforce or CRM. Uh, and that requires time and efforts. If you can make it, if you can do this, this will help you to shine and you know, gain not just your reps, credibility and trust, but leadership, you know, buying and trust. The third advice would be market enablement. And I think that's an area that, in my opinion, most common sales enablement functions tend to either discard, neglect, ignore, or you know keep that last on their agenda. Uh, even though you know recently um, I'm seeing more and more posts and tutorials that encourage anyone under the sales umbrella to spend more time you know adapting to new market trends, getting to know the market terminology and KPIs. So I'm really happy to see that if you can spend time understanding that and be be in a position where you can enable reps to catch up on new trends in the market, create new potential markets, that would work amazingly well. Um, and it, it all depends again on the, on the selling motion, how reps are executing on the early stages calls, like intro calls, et cetera, discovery. Being able to really understand the market KPIs and terminology can really help you know, reps stay relevant and you know, avoid talking high level with prospect, which they hate the most. That was fantastic, Abner. And and you mentioned this a few times in, in your response that, you know, you had to go about getting getting stakeholder buy-in. So how did you gain buy-in from stakeholders for the sales enablement function and, you know, the approach that you wanted to take with it since it was a bit non-traditional? Um, so what happens usually, 
uh, when I assumed that role for the first time, I spent some time, you know, over the first few weeks um, composing something like a strategic plan. Uh, and then I present it to management and, you know, get their buying or rejections. And then I go back to my drawing board and redefine my priorities based on their feedback, etc. Fortunately, here at WalkMe, things have, have turned out, you know, a little bit differently. Um, I was brought in based on my previous experience. So I already had or got some level of buying from some of the executives I worked with. Uh, previously, but I did have to move very fast and prepare the infrastructure to onboard new hires extremely quickly. So when I started, I had some, you know, if I can say decent level of buying, like, you know, <laughs> um, a few liters of gasoline to get started, <laughs> but I had to like, you know, really get started really fast before, you know, I'll end up, you know, um, um, consuming the very little buying I had when I started. So being able to uh, convert an extremely complex onboarding process into something similar to selling off-the-shelf product, that helped me very well to gain more support and more trust. Um, now, if that sounds a bit complex, let me rephrase that. When I started, there was nothing in place. No plan, no content, no onboarding plan, no bootcamp plan, no, I mean, nothing. So there was a plan. We want to hire people, we want to hire them fast, we want to hire the right people, and we want to get them onboarded three months, the maximum from now. Being able to, to, to deliver that helped me to gain their buying to whatever I wanted to do next. Those are fantastic examples. Avner, this has been a fantastic conversation. I, I have one more closing question for you, um, and it kind of dovetails from being able to collect the data to the point that I made earlier, making sure that you're proving the value. So how do you prove the value of enablement to your executive stakeholders and really demonstrate your ROI? That's another million dollar question, and this is what I'm being asked all the time. How do you prove your success? How do you prove your investment? Why should I invest in product in, 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 in sales enablement? I can do the job myself. Um, most leaders, you know, in, in small, medium companies think that way. I mean, they take the burden of enablement and training themselves because they can't see actually in investing in sales enablement. Usually, you know, in order to measure success, you measure changes, improvements in the sales cycle, either by reducing the uh, onboarding time or sales cycle or revenue, ALR. Um, so in that, in that manner, I was able to prove, you know, my investment or investing in, in, in me because I was able to shorten the uh, the sales cycle dramatically. Uh, I was able to improve the uh, the time it takes to close or win the first deal, and um, I was able actually to allow reps to break, you know, some of the records we you know we had in the company prior to me joining WalkMe uh, from sales performance point of view. Um, another another way of proving value is the ability to. Uh, establish a self-sufficient sales enablement function. Again, um, the common traditional approach to sales enablement, as far as I know, is um, let's say that I need to onboard a few, you know, a few new members. So I'll schedule some time with you know, some stakeholders. I'll bring in the uh, you know, CMO, product marketing, product manager, probably the CEO, et cetera. So you know, we'll spend some time together over the last few days. Altogether, I'm relying on someone else's availability. And those people are extremely busy um, so here at WalkMe, uh, one way of proving the investment in, in me was the, uh, the ability to create off-the-shelf approach, which is, you know, at any given time today, I can start, deliver, orchestrate uh, an onboarding process anywhere in one of our 10 offices without relying on someone else's availability. Um, I can go from zero to 100 in minimum, you know, time and investment. Um, and it's all part of the, of the plan. Uh, it was part of the plan from day one to become self-sufficient, to be able to um, onboard 
anyone under the sales organization effectively, efficiently, without relying on anyone else. Of course, you know, if I can, if time allows, and if I would simply um, um, deliver what it takes. Um, and so far, it worked very well. I was, um, we reached the level where we um, delivered onboarding sessions uh, on a crazy cadence, like once every month uh, in our 10 offices all over. Uh, if, if I may add, you know, the, uh, one of the values that I brought in to the company, the biggest value probably, is uh, a new thinking approach, new angles to what good looks like. I've mentioned this a few times, I mean, before, I mean, moving away from, you know, a flat, um, flat idea, like, you know, relying mainly on Salesforce or CRM data, being able to blend in data from other resources and be able to understand what works and what doesn't work from different angles. Um, I think it allows management to become more data driven. Fantastic. Abner, I love that. And I love the value that you've brought to walk me and all the other organizations that you've been in. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate it as well. I really enjoyed it. To our audience, thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to learn more about, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you.